It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Guys, you know what it is. You clicked on this video. You know it's either David Dobrik or (laughs) Dr. Disrespect. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. We are back. We had to take a little break last week. Um, Lockdown in Sydney is no joke right now. I am here with Elliot, my brother, business partner, YouTube extraordinaire. This is Watch Time. We're talking everything, the internet, gaming. We are day 60 lockdown in Sydney. Isn't it actually? Isn't it wild? I was saying in some ways, like it doesn't feel like very long at all. And then in other ways, I looked at the calendar yesterday. I was like, it is September next week. Yeah, no, it it simultaneously feels like it's been ages and then no time at all. But I feel like that's how the last two years have felt. Right? Like Like, when I'm turning 29 in two weeks. When I like flash think about the last two years, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's been two years because nothing happened. But also then when I think about how long ago yeah. lockdown feels, I'm like, that is mind blowing. Yeah. And you know what else uh, has uh, evaded me for the last 60 days? My hairdresser. <laughs> if you are watching the YouTube version of this podcast. <laughs> you are which... being treated to, you don't even really get the full space. You don't really get the idea. No. I'm pretty good at hiding it. Um, like his luscious stage, locks are over the headset right now. It is now. like, I'm, I'm like, I'm mullet level at this stage. And the crazy thing is it was, and I think I've said this before in a previous episode, right? Like just before we went into lockdown, like a week before the outbreak happened, I was literally, I was saying to everyone around me, I was like, to you, I was like, no, 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 it's actually, it's gotten ridiculous. My hair's just too long at this stage. I put off the haircut too long. I'm going in this week. I'm just going to get it done. I can't believe I've let it get this out of control. And then that the next day I wake up, Hey, Sydney, you're in lockdown. You can't get a haircut anymore. Everything's shut. And I was like, oh, it's fine. A couple of weeks, uh, extra bit, bit of extra long. No, no. 60 days past. <laughs> this is like when, you know, you've got like a, a bottle of milk in the fridge and it's, and it's, you know, it was a couple of days out of expiry. It's like, oh yeah, debatable. Might be okay. No, no, no. We're 60 days past that point it's right now. It's not okay. It's not okay anymore. You do not want to drink that. There's some weird stuff growing on the top. You got to tip that down the sink right now. That's me with my haircut. It's so funny because I was saying on our team call um, that we do with our whole team, on Mondays that it's getting to the point now where on all the zoom calls and like digital meetings that we're doing, there's like two camps of guys right now. There's like the guys that are definitely looking a little shaggy, like the hair's looking a little shaggy. They're growing a beard. Like you can tell that they haven't seen a hairdresser in two months. And then there are the guys that are coming to the calls now with shaved heads. And it's just like, they got to that point. They were like, I'm done. It's actually all coming off. My girlfriend did this. I, I can't do shaved head. It doesn't work. I don't I have, think a shaved head would work for you. No, I have a I have a basketball head. Right. So very round and <laughs> I need the hair to offset that. Otherwise people will realize how I truly look. Yes. And then it's all over. Goodbye, YouTube. Okay. Goodbye, Facecam. 
Well, you can hold out hope. Elliot got vaccinated today. I did. I did, which means they're apparently going to be opening up hairdressers uh, in a <laughs> month from now. So Elliot was in one of the camps of people. Obviously, like I know most of you guys watching are in the US, but Australia has had a slow vaccine rollout to say Very. the least. Hence why we've only just been able to get vaccinated in the last month or so. And I was saying how, you know, it, for me, it was like, I, I as soon as I had the opportunity, I was booked in, ready to go. Elliot took a little longer. And I was like, it's not because Elliot doesn't want to get vaccinated. I'm like, Elliot is in the camp of people where it's just like a little too much admin right now. Yeah, like, you got to go on a whole form. And it's like, and don't get me wrong, I very much want to be vaccinated ASAP. But the, the, the strict caveat there is there's currently uh, the two vaccines that are available in Australia, AstraZeneca and Pfizer. Obviously, um, AstraZeneca for a while was in this weird gray zone where literally the leaders of like the state governments in Australia were like, don't get it. We don't know enough about it yet. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like we're in lockdown anyway. I guess I'll just wait an extra couple of weeks and get Pfizer. Um, but then recently I was like, no, you know what? I just, I, I cannot be bothered he anymore. He heard that the hairdressers were opening for vaccinated people. I know, he no, was like, that was legitimately <laughs> He it. was like, jab me the fuck up, yeah, baby. <laughs> it was like, you can only get a haircut He's if like, you're fully clot, vaccinated. don't care, need yeah. a haircut. <laughs> yeah, blood clot versus having this hair. Honestly, I'll take the, I'll take the jump. But honestly, but also on a serious note, the risk of anything going yeah, wrong with AstraZeneca is so low. We're the most pro-vax isn't it, isn't it something like do the right thing. girls who take the pill, uh, like the blood clot chance is like 50 times higher than I think like a thousand times. Yeah. yeah. A million times. <laughs> a billion. You're just guaranteed to get a... <laughs> we are scientists. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we talk about the internet here and uh, we're going to eventually segue into one of our many topics today because we do have three... Very all big topics. Some weeks I feel like we've got, you know, a couple of like smaller little stories, not as like crazy. But this week, all three topics feel yeah. pretty, pretty meaty, pretty juicy. And these are topics that I know the watch timers like us talking about. <sighs> Guys, you know what it is. You clicked it's on either, this video. You know it's either David Dobrik or <laughs> Dr. Disrespect. <laughs> The two, D, the two Ds of the Watch Time podcast. It is it is Dr. Disrespect. You guys know how, and if you don't know and you're a new listener, let me tell you, when Dr. Disrespect was banned off Twitch, Elliot and I were enthralled, to say the least. But, but you know what's crazy is like how long this story has kept going and how much it, it literally just feels like, you know, when like there's like a new movie or a new game coming out and they drop like little teasers and you're like, yeah. oh, this is a thing. And people are like, oh, wow, yeah. interesting. And they like tune into it. And then like people start forgetting after a couple of months, so they drop another little thing. Yeah. And none of these little things tell us anything, yeah. but they're little things that keep us going. And- Yesterday, we got our newest little thing. So you guys know that the Dr. Disrespect ban off Twitch was, and I don't want to, I don't want to undercook this, the mystery of 2020. It was more, Some might say, more mysterious <laughs> than where the hell COVID came from. Don't even, don't even care. Was it a lab? Was it a pangolin in a Chinese wet market? I don't care. I Who do want to know. Where did it come from? We're not really sure. Irrelevant. But why was Dr. Disrespect banned off Twitch? This is the true mystery I've of 2020. I've been on the edge of my seat for 18 months. I'm not going to lie. Actually, <laughs> factually right now, you know, human benefit aside, if you were to give me a choice right now, no joke, between knowing the origins of COVID-19, did it come from a lab in Wuhan or was it just an animal infection from a Chinese wet market or knowing 
why Dr. Disrespect was banned off Twitch. Dr. Disrespect, every time. That shit keeps me, keeps me asleep at night. Sorry, keeps me awake at night. Does not keep me asleep at night. The goddamn opposite, and I'm sick of it. I need to know. I do need to know. And the thing that kills me is, like, when it happened, we were so confident. We were like, oh, give it a couple Nothing months. Nothing stays secret. Give I it remember. a couple months, we'll figure it out. Like, yeah. give it a couple months, everything this, comes out. This is the internet. This is a very big company with a lot of people working in it, and a YouTuber slash, well, now a YouTuber was a Twitch streamer at the time, and who we notoriously are just awful at keeping secrets. We don't know. But we still don't know. I feel like we should quickly clarify what the most recent bit of news oh, was. please. Which was uh, Dr. Disrespect, as he was closing out his stream just the other day, uh, effectively said that, and I don't know why he chose now to reveal it of all times. Yeah. I feel like with a topic like this, there's probably a lot of internal frustration and you keep stuff that you should keep secret, <laughs> secret. And then on some days, you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. And then you just, you send it. So he, at the end of his stream, effectively came out and said he's known, Twitch told him months ago why he was banned. So he has known, which I think he's known since day one. And I think a lot of people on the internet think he's known since day one. Yeah. Um, because you would not be as quiet about it as he was. No. He Like, don't get me wrong, put up a bit of a fuss, but didn't put up a, my entire career just got banned out of nowhere yeah, with yeah, no yeah. reason level of fuss. And then he has also said, quote, that's why we are suing the fuck out of them or something. That was almost the quote, might be the exact quote. Look, so the point is think- he knows and he's suing. So you think he kind of, it was all, it's all been building up and he like accidentally let it slip on stream or not accidentally, but like couldn't hold it in any longer. Yeah. I think Whereas it's like those... for me, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. You reckon? Yeah. Why? What's his I, upside? I here? just think he's like quite calculated. When I watched it, I was like, you know what you're saying. So why was he, uh, why? You have the option to answer the question or not. Yeah. But so what's his upside? I don't know. I think I I don't know what his upside was, but I think there was absolute like he didn't just like accidentally let it slip. It was like mm. I think he he wanted people to know. Mm. That's true. I, I don't know what his uh, what his gain would be, but I do know that um you know what Doc Disrespect is a huge streamer. He has made huge, vast amounts of money over the last few years. Mm. But take that amount of money, multiply it by ten or twenty then spend it all on the best legal team in the world and you do not have a T on what Amazon's legal team is. That's what scares me. And you know what's so weird is like, I love how much in like law and court battles, it's not really about like, oh, is he in the right? Is he in the wrong? It's like, no, 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 this is Amazon's legal team. Like right or wrong is irrelevant. It's Amazon's legal team. Yeah. And that is not, they they are not fun people. And I think so much probably, I mean, I, I don't really know. I've never really had a long, but you know, from what I've heard about a lot of these big corporate law cases, a lot of the time it really just is who has the longest bankroll to just keep draining yes. the other party of money until they eventually run out and they just decide to settle because lawyers ain't cheap. Um, and honestly, I very much think that uh, Amazon's bankroll could quite possibly be a little bit bigger. Than you reckon? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure they got a lot of lawyers on retainer as it's well. It's a big fight. The thing is, it'll also be a fight that Amazon very much doesn't want to lose because if they do lose it, then any Twitch streamer that they've banned might see that as an opening yeah. to go in mm. and try and start chasing after Twitch for money. But I'd just be very surprised if... Which just doesn't have because so many companies do this with their contracts. They just have clauses like we can do whatever we want, whatever we want for whatever reason doesn't matter. Yeah, like like so many just have ridiculous clauses that are just like yeah. you could 
side eye the camera in an angle that we didn't like. And yeah, we can ban you for it. I think it's a, it's a massive fight for him to pick. I think it's really interesting. I think it like shows a lot of, I think it shows a lot of things. Like he kind of off the cuff mentioned um, like the losses that he'd endured through being kicked off Twitch, which, which I are have actually no huge. doubt are wildly significant. And like, obviously he's streaming on YouTube now, but we don't know what the size of that Twitch deal was. I guarantee you it was big. I don't know if he's on a YouTube deal. And without, even he's without probably, the deal. He's probably like not on a nearly as big a deal, but also, yeah, beyond that, like the audience building the, the sponsorship deals he was getting, yeah. the fact that sponsors right now, because of this weird uncertainty around it, yeah. are a lot less like, like you're not going to get like a Nike no. going and being like, yeah, let's partner with Dr. Disrespect no. when there's this cloud of uncertainty around, did he do something truly awful or did he not? And yeah. I think that as long as that uncertainty is there, he actually is gated out of a lot of big sponsors. So I'm- I think that's what's frustrating. It's like- and we don't, we, we still don't know. Like there is a court of public perception, which in all, in all cases I think is like can really go either way and can be really unfair to people. Like I think even at the time we were like, oh, he must have done something bad. Like they wouldn't just ban him for nothing. And I still like believe that to yeah. an extent. But like I don't, I also don't want to pass judgment before you really understand. At the end of the day, if Twitch did prematurely ban him and you know, and the real thing for me isn't so much the decision they made about their platform and being like, you're no longer allowed to stream on our platform, but it's the damage that does mm. to his brand Absolutely. as a whole and basically insinuates without making clear that he's done something deeply, deeply wrong. And yeah. like we said, has a lot of implications for sponsors because at the end of the day, sponsors do have a lot of choices of who they want to work with. Yeah. They're not going to work with someone who's even potentially controversial. So yeah. at the end of the day, if if Twitch did do him dirty and they did act prematurely and they did uh, create um, this kind of drama around um, around that issue, then Honestly, he's probably entitled to a couple of a couple of zeros. A little, you know, Jeff Bezos, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think seven or eight zeros. You know what? Maybe maybe go to Jeff and you say, "Look, mate, you know, fucking a couple of free tickets on that on that next shuttle up to space, and maybe we uh, we we take the price down a little bit." You know, but but okay. Here's my question for you: Does this give you hope that we are any closer to finding out? what actually happened. You know what? I really strongly doubt it. I, because, really? Well, because don't get me wrong. I was actually, I was reading, I was reading a lot of like discussion about this earlier in the day and the prevailing opinion seems to be number one, it, it's a civil matter, which means that the court documents don't need to get disclosed publicly. Um, and then number two is in, for the exact reason we said before, the whole reason, if it at any point looks like Twitch could lose the case, they will almost certainly just take him aside and say, yeah, let's settle. What do you want? 20 million? Cool. Yeah. Done. Get out of our hair. And just 20 and million and neither of us ever talk about this again. Neither of us ever talk about it again. And they'll have an out of, out of court settlement yeah. with uh, the most intense NDAs you've ever seen in your life. So no, I, because I don't think either party will ever want it to get out because one of two things has happened. Either A, Dr. Disrespect did do something bad in which case he doesn't want it to get out, yeah. in which case he will definitely want an NDA, or Twitch did mess up, in which case they won't want the public to know that mm. they messed up because that opens the floodgates for other people to start suing them for wrongful termination of their Twitch contract, mm. in which case they will NDA Dr. Disrespect and say, we don't want it to get out. So I think it's probably almost even like something in the middle where it's like he did do something bad, 
Mm. maybe not bad enough that in his mind justified a termination of his partner agreement, but probably still not great. Maybe. I wonder if it was really just as basic as talking to another streaming service out of, uh, out of while he was in a contract, but it it would seem weird if that was the reason, because he had literally just announced his exclusivity deal with Twitch. That would be a very quick stab in the back. Like not saying that creators haven't done that before. Creators have done that before, Mm. but that would be a very quick turnaround. Anyway, the long story short, we do not know. The mystery continues. The mystery continues. These are all breadcrumbs in what will hopefully form one day a loaf for us <laughs> to deep dive into and on the podcast. And we will eat the crumbs. I will, we will take everyone. We'll take every crumb we can get <laughs> until that comes out. And I actually do think, yeah, this really is an interesting development. And I think it does um, does beg the question of will we one day know the truth? And I don't know, but I'll be on my deathbed uh, and I'll uh, still be oh. asking. <laughs> I'll still be asking. All right, let's get into the second topic of today, which is OnlyFans banning sexually explicit content. Now, interesting choice. Interesting choice. In other news, McDonald's decides to stop selling burgers. (laughs) (laughs) Some may say, what is OnlyFans without sexually explicit content? I I do actually think this is important to clarify off the bat, though, because I have seen a lot of clickbait articles who have kind of let in with the more like OnlyFans stop sexual content. They're not stopping um, all sexual content. They're not stopping, um, I believe, nude photos, but they're just stopping like hardcore videos, yeah. like really, you know, going into it. Yeah, we it. know, we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so obviously OnlyFans has really had its moment the past 18 months. Yeah. They blew up out of nowhere really at the start of the pandemic and we covered OnlyFans quite a bit around February, March last year where they were going through an incredible growth period. And um I mean, first of all, I mean, like, what are your opinions on OnlyFans as a platform? Do you think it's Do you think it's valid? O- only one. I've never heard of it. <laughs> never seen it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look. At the end of the day, like, it, my opinions on the platform are relatively uh, neutral. Like, it's it's a it's an avenue of content. People are clearly were clearly wanted to consume. Were clearly willing to spend more money on, and they yeah. clearly accessed a part of the market that I guess, especially during lockdown, was uh, was pretty ripe for growth. I think my opinions on like the change they've made a bit more directly. Uh, um, You know, I think the best way I've seen it articulated as to why it was a really, really scummy move for them to pull Mm. was all that early momentum of OnlyFans was built off those creators who do really make the slightly more, you know, intense content. And that was, that was very much, what OnlyFans was for the mm. first probably full year. Yeah. And then about eight months to 12 months ago, you had a couple of more mainstream creators and celebrities doing uh, a very like a more like tasteful light kind of content on there. Yeah. Everything from bikinis to slightly more than bikinis. Um, and, and then since then, you've actually had a kind of like a bit of a, a rapid influx of that kind of content. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had a lot of mainstream celebrities. You've had like Corinna Kopf most recently, mm-hmm. who obviously. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And very big stories has come out and now is making millions of dollars a month on there. And that's really kind of opened the floodgates for a lot of like real mainstream people to come on and do that more like tasteful, like, hey, this is like a big, big creator, like a maybe not A tier, but like B, C tier celebrity yeah. that you would never normally get to see in like that kind of scenario where now you can kind of access that. And now that I think they've realized they have the, this new market, they've decided this kind of older, slightly more taboo market that actually yeah. built the platform in the first place. Like, okay, we're going to get rid of that because we can actually build everything around this slightly more upmarkety feeling content. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, really just feels like throwing the people who built your platform in the gutter. So the founder or, or the current owner of OnlyFans said that really the main reason for the ban is banks in one word. I believe that was literally a quote that he gave in yeah, one word, banks, I that. that they weren't able to get their creditors and their funding um, because of the nature of the content on the platform. There's been a fair bit of... Um, conversation around whether or not that is actually true, mm. um, given that they have been able to build a huge audience and a really successful platform by doing just that. There's been a concern over whether that's true or whether it was more in in the second camp of a PR move and the fact that they did want to kind of rebrand themselves as not too, like, smutty or, yeah. you know, they really wanted to not embrace that part of what has made them so successful because they wanted to increase their funding and that sort of thing. And it made them a little bit more digestible to not have such um, explicit content on the platform. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Like, and I think if I was um, a competitor in the market right now, I'd be feeling quite excited Mm. um, because this is going to have a bit of a PR nightmare for OnlyFans. I think it doesn't look good for them because exactly right. I think like when you think about what makes a platform great, it's like the platform and it's the creators that are uploading content Mm. on it. And if you suddenly piss off a huge part of your creator base that have really made you incredibly successful, then I don't know. I think it's kind of like ripe for the taking for another platform to swoop in. Yeah. But I also think maybe this isn't going to be as big a deal as people think it is because I don't know how much of the content is video versus like nudes, which are going to be able to stay. I definitely think a pretty large amount of the like older that again, that like founding content, what like is relatively hardcore, Mm. but I think, yeah, they're, they're clearly just banking on the fact they can shift their business model enough into that premium market to make up for it. Yeah. Um, But I know there was... But do you think, okay, so here's a question. Do you think even by dropping it, they are going to change their perception or is the perception already there? No, I I think you can. Like, don't get me wrong. I I actually think they they can very much change the perception. But the question is, who are you really trying to change the perception of? Yeah. Because I think for most people, like, that kind of content is a very broad range. And yeah, sure. You might not have some of the more like 
crazy stuff there, but you've still it, it's still effectively in that same genre mm. of content. So it's not it's not all of a sudden going to be the kind of thing people are dressing up in a suit and bow tie to go and you know access. Like it's it it is what it is. See, I think OnlyFans kind of already has this perception as to what OnlyFans is. It's like it is kind of like people's dirty secret or thing that yeah. no one's talking about it really. Even the platform doesn't really embrace the fact that that is what they're really mm. known for. Like you, their OnlyFans was not necessarily invented for that purpose, although that's absolutely what the main purpose has become, but they don't embrace that at all. Um, I think it is kind of viewed like it's definitely had its, its, pop culture rise, but I think it's still going to struggle with a PR problem. And then I think there's like other platforms that are coming in. So there's a new platform that's going to be launching in the next few months. um, One launched by, I believe two Australian women or maybe three Australian women or, and they're in the US. That's the one we were talking about that also doesn't allow. So it's called Sunroom. And I think it was basically inspired on the shortcomings of what OnlyFans um, offers. And I think it is going to much more confidently embrace what it means to have a paid platform for creators to be able to upload whatever they want, which might include sexually explicit content, although they still will ban hardcore explicit content. And I think yeah, you so made actually, a good point around that. Yeah. Is that they're, like they, they're not filling any hole that now exists because of OnlyFans new to Well, I think it might be a perception hole though. I think it might be like, do you want to be an OnlyFans girl? Uh, or is coming, that like, does that have a label attached to it as much as I don't want it to? Here's the thing. And I'm not, and I'm not, uh, you know, this could be a totally different way of things working. But I, I think if you look at almost every single instance with the, like, try it, name me a single time that a copycat platform has released and said, we're going to do things differently. And they have, and they might've done it differently, but it actually succeeded. The thing is like, mm. you know, let's say you're a YouTube creator and Vimeo comes out and they're like, oh, we're Vimeo. We're going to do things better. We're going to actually love our creators. Cool. Sounds nice. Sentiment. No one's going to go and make content on a platform that has less audience. It's just a fact. Like, yeah, sure, OnlyFans might, they might not feel as respected there, but that is where 99.9% of the spend is. So that's where the creators are going to sit. That's a good question. Like right now I'm trying in my brain to think of platforms you literally can't mix up iterations. No, dies to Twitch because no one wants to go and create content on a platform when all the viewers are on Twitch. No one wants to go and make videos on Vimeo when all the viewers are on YouTube. The only platform that you can really think of that's grown recently is TikTok. And that's because they identified a whole new like branch of content that wasn't being serviced and they built their platform around it. If this platform's coming out and they're just being like, yeah, we're doing it's yeah. And look, it's yeah, it's, it's the same content, but like, we're going to like, we're going to own it. Cool. Own it. But like, my bank account still needs to have zeros in it at the end of the day and you yeah. don't have enough money going through. Far out. That's a really good point. It's kind of scary. I Well, I just keep seeing, I, I think this every time I see a new like um, content service come out and release. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh I, my like, God. RIP Quibi. <laughs> no, but literally like every single yeah. time you see like one of these copycat website websites come out like five years after another one who's already fully entrenched. Um, I just look at it. I'm like, like good. Yeah. Like I see what you're doing, but like, it's not going to work. When has it ever worked? Never works. They all fail. There's such a first mover advantage. There are billions of dollars in 
drains right now that were spent trying to break into already well-established content markets. Like, True. just doesn't work. True. I would actually love if you guys in the comments or a review or whatever can post something that you think has been a second iteration of a product or platform that has done better than the first iteration. I mean, I'm TikTok, scrapping my brain. TikTok did do better than Vine, but Vine was dead. So it, it didn't have to beat Vine. Yes, so I think that's, that's an important that's not a fair example. It has to, when did one come <laughs> in? it's like, don't say TikTok. <laughs> yeah, when did one come in and actually take out the competition? And other than some like weird little like photo sharing websites that I, or, you know, like or eBay to Amazon or something like that. Like in I terms guess of Instagram content, stories, eight snap stories, but Instagram was platform. already a platform. Yeah. yeah they took trying, a product, yeah. but the platform was already there. Yeah. They're not trying to break in on that product alone. Mm. Mm. Anyway, Interesting. I think it will fail. I think OnlyFans <laughs> is in a... I, I think OnlyFans oh. will be fine, to be honest. I actually think that they've now identified that, yeah. don't get me wrong, as much as like that was the content that built them, I think the spend they probably get on like more mainstream celebrities versus so true. Um, versus those other creators would be so much bigger. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I know there's a lot of people making a lot of money, but I think that the access those mainstream celebrities have to such a broad audience and the ability to bring them into the platform yeah. is so huge. I think that what they did is a scummy move. I do think they will survive it though. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Take it away, brother. We're moving on to our final topic of the day, which uh, is very much, I'm, I'm keen to get your opinion. I'm keen to get some opinions down in the comments section. Keen for all the opinions, really. Tweet them at me. Tweet them at me. Um, which is, if you haven't heard, there is a Twitch streamer goes by the name of Hassan. And he's um, does a lot of like just chatting content. He's very, like very, 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 like liberal in his, like does a lot of discussion around politics and um, all those. So you're like very liberal. Like, no, I'm just saying that like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, liberal, yeah. but it's not a core part of my brand for him. It yeah, is a very a- tax the rich um, welfare, Bernie, you know, all, all that kind of stuff is like, he's very, that's a yeah. big part of his brand. Anyway, he's also quite a large Twitch streamer. A lot of the time pulling tens of thousands of concurrent viewers, obviously makes very good money because of that. Um, now it recently came out, uh, that he bought a house in LA for, I believe it was something like 3.7, $3.8 million. Um, and it generated a huge amount of conversation on all ends of the spectrum because you initially had so many people coming out being like, see this hypocrisy, like coming out saying that we need to do more for welfare and like supporting people and tax the rich, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes out and buys this like luxury house in LA. Like, what is it? Like the hypocrisy is just insane. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Goes on for quite a while. Um, And you actually for quite a while had the internet really turning out against Hassan, like a lot of fans, a lot of followers Mm -hmm. being like, I can't stand by this. This is ridiculous. Like how could you go and like, you know, do such a capitalist move um, when, especially in a place like LA that has like the highest homelessness rate or one of the highest in the country. Um, But then you had the story really flip back the other way and you had tons of creators coming out and defending him like H3H3, for example, um, saying that, you know, he's more than entitled to earn his money and uh, and then go and spend it on something nice to enjoy. He doesn't have to live like a monk in a Buddhist temple just because yeah. he uh, likes to preach about, you know, tax the rich. And I think the really good, I think it was, I think it was Ethan, H3H3, that, that did this tweet, which I think worded it quite well in my opinion. 
which was Hassan buying a house with revenue that he earned through working hard, not negatively affecting other people's lives that he then paid 50% tax on, saved and used to purchase the house is very different to Jeff Bezos having an exploitative workforce that he pays zero tax on the billions of income that he makes buying his 18th mansion. Yeah. that I think that was a good way to put it is he earned the money. He paid the tax on the money properly. Uh, the way he earned the money was in no way morally uh, questionable. Yeah. Um, and that espouching, you know, kind of fair pay, fair tax values in no way means that you're, you're banned from earning money. Yeah. But do you think, cause I mean, it sounds, I'm just guessing from your tone of voice that you probably agree with that sentiment as well. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think bloody hell, the internet's annoying sometimes. <laughs> Like it really, it really, like people are just out to get people. And I think, do you know what? Beyond his liberal values or whatever, I think there's just like a lot of tall poppy syndrome out there, especially Mm. in the internet. And I think um, everyone likes to relate to the every man until they realize that the every man is actually not like them at all. (laughs) And maybe he can buy a $3.7 million house because he's got a job that's afforded him to do that. Yeah. And they don't. And then suddenly it's like, oh, but I thought you were like us. And then they're presented with some sort of evidence that makes it quite apparent he's actually not like them in some element of life. Mm. Um, and I think people people bounce back against Yeah, really that, aggressively. Really aggressively. Not wrong. And I think, um, I think this is something that I think actually social media personalities face a lot is – People see them as as one of them and like a normal person, you know, because there's a lot that they can relate to. They're like, oh, you're making content in your home. Like I could technically do that too and we're the same. And then suddenly they realise that you're actually not the same and this guy's doing it to 10,000 people mm. live every day and you're not. And the fact that he's doing it to 10,000 people every day means he's able to earn a huge amount of money doing it, which means he's able to pays a lot of tax and buys a nice house. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's entitled to buy a nice house. You can have liberal values. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to earn money. Mm. I don't, I actually really don't understand that argument at all. I think people love to hate and I think it's really interesting and I think a lot of creators would probably be surprised to know uh, the amount of money that many of your favorite creators might be making. Or maybe you're not surprised to know. I think it's like talked about a lot more these days, but there's probably a reason that there are some creators that do flex, but there's a lot of creators that are not giving you a house tour or they're not telling you what they're doing with the money that they're earning, or they're not really letting you into what that how their lifestyle might've changed from when they started making content to where they are now. I also think there's a weird perception. Don't get me wrong. There's some exceptions with like, for example, Ninja, who's obviously known for being incredibly wealthy, but where it's quite accepted. A lot of YouTubers are quite wealthy and make a lot of, I feel like the Mm. perception around YouTube and money is kind of more accepted, but I think with a lot of people, Twitch streamers, people really don't think that Twitch, like they don't associate incredible wealth with live streaming quite as much yet. Yeah. Like live streaming, I think is seen as a bit more down to earth, maybe because it's like the conversations yeah. that are happening back and forth live. But so many Twitch streams you go on and they've got like between say 
10 and 50,000 active subs. Some channels have over 100,000 active subscribers. Each one of those subscribers is effectively like, say on average, when you throw in a few higher tier subs, like $4 in the pocket of yeah, that creator. Sure. You got 100,000, that's 400,000 United States dollars every month. Yeah. Throw donations on top of that, add revenue on top of that. Yeah. The amount of revenue that big Twitch streamers generate is fast. Yeah. Huge. And I think there's probably an element where, especially for him, you know, if he's like pushing this whole tax the rich thing, you know, a lot of people, I think being real, like a lot of people in the US or generally, or just generally the kind of audience he's appealing to, which is probably like teens, early twenties, like a lot of that age group is not feeling as though they're super comfortable with money right now. Yeah. You know, it's like you're in school, you're in university, you've got your first job, you're probably not earning enough um, to be living in a big city comfortably. Mm. That's normal. It's normal. And so I think when you're listening to a creator that's like, tax the rich, this isn't fair, blah, 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 it might feel quite relatable. It might be like, fuck yeah, tax the rich. Like it's an us and them thing. Yeah. Like, tax the rich. And then suddenly you realize, oh, hang on. He is the rich. And that doesn't mean he's not saying don't tax me or do tax me. He clearly mm. agrees that like tax is a good thing. But it's like being, I think it's less around the hypocrisy. I think people might say it's that. I think people might say it's, oh, is he being hypocritical? Whereas I think actually, I think people are maybe feeling a little confronted with the fact that this person that they watch isn't that as... feels just like them maybe isn't. As just yeah. like that. I think I think that's a very good read in. I think at the end of the day, uh, I think we all agree he earned his money, paid his taxes, he did it without hurting anyone, he's more than entitled to buy a house. I do think if, say, it came out that he'd done some crazy tax evasion stuff, oh, then by all means, hypocrisy. But the man uh, you want to work hard? Yeah. Like I, I think I think sometimes people need to like take a step back and be like, you can see a situation as something that infuriates you, or you can see it as something that like motivates you. Not every situation, but I think you could also take a step back and be like, you know what? He worked fucking hard and he bought a nice house. Damn and straight. He did it the right way. Damn Good on straight. You. More power to you. More power. And he did it on his own and you could do it too. <laughs> So anyway, that's my feelings. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, good I feel takes. like I got a little heated there. <laughs> anyway. No, I feel like we uh, we covered some good ground today. All right, I think that just about wraps us up. As always, I feel like we talk about lots of things that I would like other people's opinions on this week. Mm. So please leave them in the comments below. Send us a DM on topics you want us to talk about. Elliot and I literally go through our DMs before we sit down and record the podcast and make sure we're hitting things that you guys want to hear. So until next week, we will see you guys. Then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.